0: when it comes to engineers i think engineers um really hold on to this identity of mm-hmm. the types of problems that they solve and mm-hmm. and when they're moving through kind of the individual contributor roles that they they might have as i'm, yeah. a, I'm an entry level engineer and maybe become a senior engineer and maybe a technical lead or something like that they're in this space of their optimal contribution in those roles is their ability to to solve the technical problems mm-hmm. that need to be solved, right? And and, and all too often, the the you know, really great engineers, which there are a lot of them, yeah. then get rewarded by that to say, "Hey, we need someone to lead the team now, or yeah. take on this new initiative and lead lead this." And yeah. so they get put into a leadership position at some point, mm-hmm. and and just sort of said, told to go do it, yeah, right. Yeah. And but we forget that that shift into a leadership mode is and the value that you bring is completely different the focus that you have is completely different it's not on your ability to do the technical work anymore.
1: Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredible.org, incr Paul and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the incredible shop. Looking forward to seeing your incredible look. Turn this up, turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to The Incredible Paul Podcast. And now sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world. Here's your host, Paul Ferranby. Hi, I'm Paul Farnby and welcome to the Incredible Paul Podcast, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves, by learning from each other today i have the honor of having jeff perry on the podcast who is the founder of more than engineering jeff how about you introduce yourself the way you would do it
0: sounds good paul i'm so excited to be here this is uh, such an honor and 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 so much fun to be able to jump on and, and share some of the things that uh, i've learned people probably don't care too much about like a lot of my background but i do have like an engineering technology background Uh, in in mechanical and software engineering and manufacturing did a number of different things got into engineering leadership but what I found a few years into my corporate career was that the things that I really cared about came down to the influence I could have on people Mm. and so for the last few years I've been building out more than engineering and I like to say that I kind of went from developing products and services to and processes to developing people in the work that I do. And a lot of that is around trying to unlock the potential in engineers and technology professionals in their career growth opportunities, and also their leadership, which spans out to the impact they can have in so many other ways. Because I think that engineers and technology Mm -hmm. people, and and everyone really has so much impact and potential inside of them, that we just need to kind of unlock that, and so that that's a lot of my my purpose and what drives me these days. That's awesome. I, I really like
1: that. As far as unlocking the potential within with others, and then your focus on engineering, but really helping others. So as far as uh, getting to there, did you did you always have that in mind, or how did it come about for the idea to be more than engineering?
0: No, not at all. Uh, I, I did not plan this uh, years ago um it it sort of but like a lot of us there are catalysts that, yeah. that happen in our lives there are there are yeah. moments of decision that we need to have yeah. and so uh, to go back just a little bit mm-hmm. back in 2017 on top of my engineering leadership position our company was going through some changes and we brought in some consultants to cha- start do some culture work inside mm-hmm. the company and i actually got trained to deliver two-day workshops and did did that for the whole company. And it was primarily on mindsets and how our mindsets drive our behavior, which then drives our results, right? And how we Mm. see people is is a huge impact on how we collaborate, work together, and then the innovation and the results that we're getting together, right? And that, that process changed me and the way that I saw how I interacted and worked with people and how I collaborated and yeah. changed my awareness of myself and my role in developing other people. Mm-hmm. I had to become aware and be more open to some changes that I needed to make that I yeah. was completely blind to at the yeah. time. And, but, but all of that, we were talking about unlocking potential that unlocked in me going through that experience, this desire and kind of re- that recognition that what, I really looked forward to in my work was when I could do that really personal impact, not Mm. as much some of the more technical things and and the projects and stuff that I was working on. That was important to do, but that's not the stuff that was really lighting me up. Yeah. And so I was starting to think, okay, how could I do more of this? And then I had sort of a catalyst moment in work where there was an organizational shift, like there often is, but I was already at a point where I'd kind of felt like I'd hit a plateau of okay. growth and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And then this shift felt like it was gonna keep me more in a space that for me was more of a maintainer rather than a creator of okay. projects and processes, which isn't an optimized place for me to be. And I recognized that that wasn't gonna be a great situation for me. Mm. And consequently that wasn't gonna be great for my employer either to do that if I was in that position. So we had some discussions. I was really frank and honest about what I felt about this. I wasn't pointing fingers at anyone for what was going on, but just trying to be, be straight up and honest. And I got to the point where I had some courage to say, Hey, if we can find and craft another role that would probably be a better fit for me Mm -hmm. and also be a benefit to the organization, then I'd love to do that because there are a lot of things I really loved about working there. I I had great friends. I had great support. There were a lot of fabulous things there. But if we can't do that, then it's probably best for me to go. Mm -hmm. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck
1: and coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Paul for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to Incredipall.org coaching. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org coaching or at I am Incredipol on all my socials or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session i want to make sure you become the most
0: incredible version of yourself because i'm probably not the best fit to to do that yeah and so that was a leap of faith we explored some things but in the end this decision was that we there wasn't another place for me Mm -hmm. that, that was the right fit at the right time and so we said okay, it's, it's probably time to go. And I was okay with that because I had brought that up, yeah. right? And and they were okay with that and they were uh-huh. very kind on how we m- moved through that transition. But then obviously the question was now what? Mm, oh, yeah. Right? And I didn't know. So I spent a whole lot of time journaling. I'm a religious person. I was praying yeah, and trying to get in touch with that side of things and was really unsure. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about engineers and a lot of us is we have so many things that we could do and could do well, Mm -hmm. right. But then making that decision, getting that clarity on, okay, what are we going to do? That was, that was a harder thing. So I, so I spent a lot of time in in reflection and introspection, trying to uncover things, had a lot of conversations with mentors and family members. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, and it was a, weird time because i was halfway through an mba degree uh, that i was doing part-time with my work and um i had a a family i was taking care of with two kids already and a third on the way oh wow (laughs) and it was like okay now what are we what are we doing here but Mm -hmm. um when i one day when i was journaling I had this idea of a lot of these principles that stem from engineering uh, around how energy flows, and mm-hmm. some of the things we we're using in manufacturing due to root cause analysis mm-hmm. and and a lot and and so many other things. and how some of those ideas could apply to mm-hmm. how we change as people. and and I wow. it was one of those days where I feel like you can't stop writing. Oh, yeah. I, like the ideas are just flowing. And so yeah. I sort of yeah. took that as a sign and said, hey, maybe there's this intersection of the engineering technology yeah. background that I have and this desire and passion that I have for working with people. Mm-hmm. And slowly that evolved and and became more than engineering and doing the work that I do today. So that's maybe a longer story than you wanted. But oh, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit. I, I love uh, it.
1: I love it. That's really cool. I can't imagine as far as going through that. You feel you hit like a plateau. I think definitely the courage to you to have those conversations with your boss and I with your your boss, your organization. I think that's some of the stuff you help with as far as uh, um, talking with people to understand what they actually want to do. Because I feel like in engine as engineers. We feel like we have to stay in the technical side, and if we're not in the technical side, we're no longer really doing engineering. Whereas when I talk to people, I said, "As engineers, we're here to solve problems." And that, that's how you can do that in a lot of different roles. It doesn't have to be right. a strictly technical role.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And so that, like, going through that process, I've learned a lot about like how do we uncover that. The strengths and the combination of skills that we have, and mm-hmm. one idea around genius zones, and also mm-hmm. connect that with the values and the other things that we care about. And so I've yeah. put together resources and done a lot of training and coaching with people on kind of getting yeah. that clarity: those yeah. things that are most important to them. Because if, if we're not intentional about who we're trying to become and what actions we take, then we're just going to be opportunistic, and things yeah. are just sort of going to sort of happen. So it's kind of like if you plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fi- fail, mm, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, but it's not a, even as much as a plan, because it's not like you're going to have like this perfect five, 10, 20 year career plan and everything's yeah. going to be mapped out for you. Mm-hmm. But it's really, I think about career clarity as much as anything as like kind of a North Star. Yeah. Right, that that drive and that that direction that says, hey, if I'm, when you're making decisions, also kind of like a, a set of filters that you can yeah. use. Uh, according to your values um because you know the the old there, there's the old story uh, classic children's story and and movie of Alice in Wonderland at well oh, yeah she's she's going through the forest and she comes with yeah. Fork in the Road and meets the Cheshire Cat and the, she's like which road do I take and the cat's like well where are you trying to go yeah right and, yeah. and she's like well I don't know and he's like well then any road will get you there and I feel like yeah. that's That's all too often how people approach their careers. They're like, I don't know where I want to go. Like, I'll just apply to a bunch of things or try some things. And, you know, hopefully I end up on a good path. And sometimes that works for people, Mm -hmm. but often it doesn't because we lose that kind of intentional side of things. Yeah. Actually, Paul, I put together a free resource for for the audience and go grab at www.engineeringcareer.com slash incredipal so they can go awesome. grab that if they, if they want to. I call it my career clarity checklist, and there's some uh, free tools and exercises in there that might be helpful for folks.
1: Awesome, yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah, for those of you listening, definitely um, I'll put the, the link in the show notes so you can click the link. And if for those of you who are listening, I'm not on YouTube, please go to YouTube, watch on YouTube. You can see the interactions, see our expressions. It's a lot more, it's a better experience than just listening to it. If you're on the go, if you're in the car, don't watch on YouTube, stick to listening to it. But yeah, yeah thank don't, you, Jeff. Don't
0: watch YouTube and drive. That's a bad idea.
1: Yeah, it's a very bad idea. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely get, get the reminder there to, to go to YouTube. But that, that checklist is, I, that's a really great resource that you're providing. Can you kind of talk through how you even Came, is that kind of stuff that you had done through your process or you kind of developed it when you uh, came about more than engineering? How did that even come to be?
0: Yeah, it was a combination as I went through some of my own process and I realized that when I was in kind of retrospect, as I was going through some of my career clarity stuff and, and we still, I still do, right? It's a never ending process to yeah. continue to refine and be like, okay, what's next, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't have some guiding principles or, and some structured things that I was moving through. I, yeah. I was, had, had learned some things that were helpful, had a, a few mentors along the way. Yeah. But as I got into things and kind of looked back on what were the things that helped me get. Clarity on that and some structure that might help, and as well as some other tools that I found along the way yeah. that other professionals have used. I, I put that, co- I just kind of compiled some of those things together uh, yeah. as a helpful resource because I, I saw that a lot of the people that I was talking to were struggling with this as yeah. well. And so I wanted to put it together to, to help people. That's awesome. I'm glad you did it.
1: So I know you have the career clarity checklist. Can you talk through some of the other stuff you do, but more than engineering? Yeah, so there's kind
0: of two big areas. And and I was talking about kind of career development and leadership development. Mm -hmm. And so the career development side is is mostly individuals who are trying to move through some of that career clarity stuff. They want to upgrade their mindsets. They want to make a career transition and say, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm not satisfied with Where I'm at, maybe they hit that plateau or yeah, like a lot of people got caught up in layoffs and they're trying to figure out what's next and do that in a really intentional way.
1: Yeah.
0: And accelerate the process because maybe you know, because being out of a job is hard (laughs) in in today's day and age. Prices are only going up these days. Oh man. And so try and I, I have a whole program I call the Engineering Career Accelerator that's meant to accelerate. The process of people finding opportunities, but with increased alignment and satisfaction with what they're doing, certainly increased um, compensation as well. So yeah. yes, there's a there's an investment into the program, but yeah. pretty much everyone who works with me gets an ROI in terms of accelerating the process and help them work on the big picture of, of this from. Things like the the mindsets and career clarity and kind of personal branding. So certainly yeah. the pragmatic things around resumes and LinkedIn and, mm-hmm. and strategic networking to interview preparation and negotiations and everything. So everything that you need to move through an intentional career transition we work on uh, in, in, in that program. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the one side. Another side that I'm getting really excited about these days, is I'm building it out is more of the, the leadership development side. And this is for individuals sometimes will come to me too, but also for organizations who are trying to improve the collaboration and innovation that they have mm-hmm. in their organization. Yes. And what that comes down to is how are you leading, guiding, and, and a keyword I think is connecting the people yes. in the organization. Because what we're finding now, and I was just looking at, some data earlier today, like Gallup does a a worldwide report every year on a number of different employee factors. One of the key things that they track is engagement, Mm. right? And found that in the worldwide, only 20% about of people are engaged in their work. In the U S wow. it's a little bit better. It's 33%. Really? But that's not great. That means yeah. two thirds of people are disengaged in their work. Wow. That, that, that's not what we like. And when they're disengaged, what that means is they don't really care. They're not enthusiastic and mm-hmm. excited and really connected to the, the work that they're doing, which means productivity yeah. is going to be down. Mm-hmm. That, that means that, but even as costs are going up of employees and, and, and products yeah. and, and if people are in manufacturing, if there's cost of goods, those are all going up. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a bad thing. And it's been pretty consistent between about in in the low thirty percentage for the last few years. um wow. I mean, it hasn't changed too much. But some organizations can figure that out and and vastly improve that. And so yeah. things like improving uh, our our mindsets and awareness of okay, how how do I fit into this whole process? And can I uncover some of those blind spots that are holding me and my team back from, again, the potential that we have? How do we build a a flow of communication? Because some leaders are way too far on they're, they're really great listeners, but they're timid at actually having opinions and sharing mm. those. Some people go the other way and they're always sharing their opinions, but they're not great listeners. So yeah. it's that balance of getting in that, that channeled flow of communication and, mm. and who needs to understand what and how do you do that effectively. And then also building psychological safety in your team so mm. that people feel safe to take risks, to bring up challenges yes. things without fear of punishment yeah. because if they don't then they're going to be suppressing the the things that they try
1: yeah right
0: and and they're going to be suppressing the learning and the innovation and everything that needs and when you put all that together we have connection where people feel seen they feel feel valued they feel engaged yes. and and they're driving together with uh the organization's goals because they also feel connected and how that is helping them grow and develop in in the way that they want to as well. And when you can do that, it's a win win for everybody. I Yes, think. so that that's so good. And I this whole idea of
1: psychological safety it's it's so critical to things, and it's it's newer to me in the, in the last year. And then I was just talking to someone. So the previous podcast, he he brought it up as well. The as psychological safety. I feel like a lot of leaders don't understand just because your people aren't saying anything doesn't mean that they're in agreement with you if you haven't created the space for that
0: yeah let let me just give you a personal example of when I was doing this quite badly okay Mm -hmm. so when I was in my corporate role and I and I'd started my MBA as part of the the first leadership class that I had in my MBA program Mm -hmm we administered a 360 degree review process. Okay. what that meant was i was delivering a survey to about 12 people so the the team that i was managing oh, a few wow. peers that i worked directly across in the organization yeah. and some of the people that were more senior to me. yeah. okay. and got feedback on a number of different factors but mm-hmm. the one very clear theme that came out of that report was that jeff doesn't listen oh man right that yeah. that, that i didn't i wasn't a great listener and it wasn't just that i didn't spend the time to listen it's that i was not considering what other people were sharing and i didn't value and engage in even and even seem to them to care oh wow about what they were sharing uh, yeah. that if someone brings up an idea i shut it down because i already have a path i'm on mm. right and that was a hard pill for me to swallow yeah right and partly because that's certain it's not what i thought i was doing and it's yeah. not what i wanted to be doing yeah right it was it was against what my values were but clearly i was not aware of how i was actually acting and yeah. being with people mm-hmm. right so what that did was open up some really important conversations with a number mm. of people. It opened up this space of willingness to change, yeah, for me. And uh, we we did a number of things, like uh, like. But I started to ask them to please help me on this path to being a better listener. Mm -hmm. right and we put reminders I I had on my laptop everywhere I went when I when I took it I had a sticky note that said listen and on our team area on the whiteboard it had in the corner listen and I invited them anytime that I was cutting them off and not listening or not considering their ideas that they could call me out and they did that's good right and and I and every time they did that I reinforced that and I thanked them for that Mm. so that over time it wasn't immediate but over time they built that psychological safety and willingness to bring things up and, and challenge me when they needed to yeah. because otherwise they were kind of suppressing some things I was in the environment that I was creating previously suppressing their brilliance. Yeah. Right. And their potential. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it was, it was a process, but they needed to see that I was serious and committed yeah. to this. Was I perfect? not even close, but we, I asked them to help me uh, along that way. And, and so leaders in that psychological safety piece, we need to seek to recognize those blind spots and then lead with vulnerability, Mm. recognize our infallibility Yes, there. Um, And when people see that, you're not trying to pretend like you're perfect, then they don't feel like they have to pretend to be perfect. Yeah. They can bring up the challenges and struggles, Yeah. right? Um, because they have challenges in the work that they're doing and you know, new initiatives that are happening and their concerns. Can I, can I do this? Like people struggle <laughs> with that. They have personal struggles at home in their communities yeah. and other things they're dealing with, right? You know, They're worried about other things besides just at work. Mm-hmm. we want people to bring their whole selves. Yeah. But if we're being just so transactional about, okay, do this. Okay. There, there you go. Then we're not going to bring out the best in people when we do that.
1: No, that's really key. And th- thanks for sharing that story. I think that's a good story of you going through the process of getting the feedback, but not only getting the feedback, but taking a heart and swallowing that pill. Cause yeah, if it's, we always say that feedback is a gift, but negative feedback is it's the gift you don't want. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you could yeah. you could take that back and yeah. not all leaders are willing to do what you did and to take that to heart and to uh, hold yourself accountable but challenge your team to hold you accountable and set all those reminders. So that's Yeah, awesome.
0: feedback's a gift. I had another mentor who put it in another way is that truth is a gift. Like sharing mm-hmm. the truth with with someone or having that shared with you is is yeah. a gift. Now obviously, when that truth is shared, we get to decide what we're going to do with that. Are we going to get defensive about it? Yes. Or are we going (laughs) to, you know, look for the opportunity to to change? And hopefully, we are more open minded to to do that. You know, because we all have have flaws and challenges and, and things. And as we grow in our career and the complexity of work that we do, and the increase of responsibilities, like we need to be able to learn over time to deal with increased complexity and change that's just Mm -hmm. the the realities Um, we we get to kind of a plateau and but then the new we need to seek out a new challenge and that that grows and we're going to be uncomfortable we have to step out of our comfort zones yeah right Mm -hmm. but but we need to be able to do that well over time and so you're never you're not going to be perfect uh in any stretch of the imagination so you need we need to stretch ourselves and and get out of that so that we can grow and but but be vulnerable and ask for help along the way.
1: Yeah, definitely. That that's so true. I don't I don't know if you heard of um, Jason Selker or not, but he wrote a book called Relentless Solution Focus and talks about um, really focusing on the solution and not focusing on problem centric thinking. Yeah. And so, what you're talking about the perfection? Like he recently gave a talk and he said, "Screw perfection." It's like yeah. perfection is not possible. You focus on improvement. And so yeah. many times when we we can do a hundred things right, we'll do one thing wrong, and we focus on the the one thing we did wrong, and that stifles our
0: improvement. Right, and and I would sometimes call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I've had to, to stress with that. And so one of the shifts that I've made in sort of coming to grips with that is when I was in perfection mode, I was always so focused on the difference between where I was at and what I thought the ideal perfect mm-hmm. way of, of being was right. Yeah. Which means I'm always in the state of lack. Yeah. Right. But recognizing and accepting emotionally and mentally that perfection will never happen yeah um actually made a shift when i was like okay i'm never going to be perfect but i can shift how i think about this In thinking about what's cool about that is that i will always have an opportunity to learn and grow yeah and that will never end
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's exciting when i look at it that way yeah. Right. That I'm never just gonna stall out and never have and, and know everything like yeah. maybe we thought we did as teenagers, but um <laughs> there's always opportunity to to grow, and that is exciting to me. That's that's super exciting. I like John Maxwell
1: says that growth happens daily, not in a day. I feel like yeah. a lot of times. When- when we, we, we get pumped up, where we read a good book, where we go to a seminar, and we're like, we're going to do all these things, all these things. And then like a couple of weeks later, we're like back into our old habits because like what you were saying, like we, we still see it such as a gap. It's like, well, it didn't work. I can't get it to work. But if we really just try and take the steps to get just 1% better, like James Clear says, mm-hmm. 1% better each day, that consistency consistency compounds. And it's when you look back, it's tremendous to see how far you've come.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So as far as leadership, I know you do a lot of stuff with leadership. But I know you helped uh, my my nonprofit, the knowledge stem, you talked about leadership to us a few years ago now. So thank you again for that. That was a really amazing talk. Uh, so as far as leadership, what are some some key things for you feel like engineers especially need to know because I feel like we focus more on the technical side and then we a lot of times engineers are told like if you want to advance you need to go into this leadership title but a leadership position but I think you and I both know that leadership is not necessarily a position it's kind of how you uh, carry yourself and what you do so if you talk a little bit more about that or how you help engineers in their leadership
0: yeah, so let's talk about the challenges for, for a little bit, right? Like yeah. we already talked about some of the stats around engagement and everything. But when it comes to engineers, I think engineers um, really hold on to this identity mm. of the types of problems that they solve. and mm. And when they're moving through kind of the individual contributor roles that they they might have as I'm, a, yeah. I'm an entry- level engineer and maybe become a senior engineer and maybe a technical lead or something like that, they're in this space of their optimal contribution in those roles is their ability to, to solve the technical problems mm-hmm. that need to be solved, right? And, and, and all too often, the, the you know, really great engineers, which there are a lot of them, yeah. then get rewarded, by that they say, hey, we need someone to lead the team now, or yeah. take on this new initiative and lead lead this, and yeah. so they get put into a leadership position at some point, mm-hmm. and and just sort of said, told to go do it, yeah, right, yeah, and but we forget that that shift into a leadership mode is and the value that you bring is completely different. The focus that you have is completely different. It's not on your ability to do the technical work anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the structure of the role in the organization, you may have to do some of that. And you will certainly probably be mentoring people Mm -hmm. in that early on, especially, but that's not the key driver. Your key driver is to enable your team and build them and transform them to have the capability and And transform together to be able to achieve the goals collectively, yes, right? A- and that's just very different focus. But when we put people in those positions without yeah. helping them understand the shift that needs to happen, we're kind of inadvertently, not intentionally, but we're inadvertently setting people up to fail, yeah and and that's and that's sad because that that's gonna. Because on one hand, you're taking a great engineer, putting them in a position where they're not succeeding, which means they're not doing great engineering work, and they're also not doing great leadership work. So it's a a misutilization of resources. But again, I think that, and it's not that they can't do it, it's just that we're not enabling and giving them the support and the training and the coaching to be able to do that well, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's some of the challenges there um and so like this because what they end up doing is sort of instructing they they maybe try and delegate but they hold back because they have this reputation of being a great engineer and so they're mm. like oh no i i i need to i need to do this because i'm the best person i don't trust anyone else to do that so they don't <laughs> trust that they don't, they don't open up themselves to psychological safety they're not aware of how they're holding people back
1: yeah
0: and and, and They don't know what this communication flow looks like to kind of go back to those three things of awareness and and communication Mm -hmm. and psychological safety. And so they need to move through this transformation of the focus on on who they are and where they're delivering value, change inside themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Identify those shifts that need to happen in a, in a way that aligns to enable their, their teams to succeed as well.
1: No, that's that's really good. It definitely is a shift. And I feel like a, a lot of times we take people who are really good in an individual contributor role and they're killing it. And then we're like, oh, you're really good at this. Let's say you could be the leader for that, but not knowing that leadership is a skill and with any skill, even if you have some natural abilities, you need to develop it and you the support. I think that that's really key. You can not just throw someone into it and be like, yeah, you can do it just because you did it by yourself. It's a, it looks a lot different when you have, you're working through people and trying to motivate them instead of doing mm-hmm. everything yourself.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's part of you know, my issues. You know, We were talking about that story earlier. Uh, I was thrown into this, into a new organization where previously I was an individual contributor and I was supposed to be building out a new market and building out a new team and doing doing some different things. And I was like, hey, this is exciting. This is an opportunity for me to grow. But I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, but I wasn't transparent enough to ask for the help. Like mm-hmm. I was too prideful at the time to ask for the help of the things that I was uh, insecure about. Mm -hmm. Right. And no one, you know, just at that time, people weren't checking in on me or really asking about that. Like, you know, we had like check-in meetings, but I didn't feel like I, I knew how to navigate through what needed to happen and the change that I needed to make
1: through
0: that. And again, it's, it's very rarely, if ever intentional, like I'm trying to destroy this and set this person up to, to fail, but we just are so focused on what we're trying to accomplish, and and the different and all the responsibilities that we have that we just miss that you know behind all the tasks that need to be done that there's people that are doing that, and these are yeah. these are fallible humans yes. that we need to see as people and recognize and connect with them, yes. so that again we can unlock that potential in them. So you know I've I felt that experience personally, and I've seen it in so many other people as they're like oh i have all these responsibilities i don't know how to do these you know part of it's just cuz so many things are new yeah. and also there's that shift in them that needs to
1: to happen well oh, that's that's so good that it's it's interesting that you mentioned i think that happens to a lot of people when they move from an individual contributor to a leadership role that you you're just kind of expected to to know it and you and it's it's really hard, especially if you were, and it's the, the individual contributors that were the top talents, everyone's been saying that you're doing really well, to have that humility enough to say like, I need help with this. Because mm-hmm. I know for me personally, it was, to say something that, that, like that, I would feel like, oh, I didn't actually deserve this promotion if I have to ask for help in this area, even though
0: it's something that I've never done before right and and that's part of the issue is like we need to enable people to and recognize and normalize that that's part of that yeah. psychological safety and building trust and you know you, you need to help enable them to to be willing to to step up and that's true of new leaders but that's also like someone on your team if you're a yeah. frontline leader like mm-hmm. someone was given a new task and they don't know what they're doing but mm-hmm. You know, are they, are they willing, do they feel safe to say, I don't, I don't know how to do this or, and they, they find themselves floundering for, for days sometimes. And then you finally check in and they may or may not be willing to, to share that with you. Right. Mm -hmm. But that again is we need to, to build and normalize that and lead with the vulnerability in ourselves so that people feel safe to do the same.
1: That's really good. Really good. As far as the vulnerability, I I like what you said about that, because um, I don't remember who said this, but a lot of times with leaders, there's a tendency not to want to talk about your vulnerabilities because you feel like it's going to make you feel less than people look down on you. But in my experience, I think most people's experience when they have leaders who have weaknesses is that your people already know what your weaknesses are. They may be more aware of it than you are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I know you you talk about the the self-awareness. I think that self-awareness is almost, I consider it a misnomer because you really can't know yourself until someone tells you something that makes you look deeper. And then that's the moment that you have to ask the questions and take that to heart. If you relied on yourself only, you would never, you'd be like, well, I'm doing great. I think I'm doing great. So I don't have to change until that moment that someone else tells you you're not doing great and that you have enough respect for that person to actually take it to heart and move forward. Because other, sometimes, depending on where it's coming from as leaders, they'll it can be disregarded as maybe a, a lot of people are telling them they're doing a great job but those people don't see the other interactions that are happening that where they can have some improvements
0: right and so it, it makes me think of one model of personal change that i like that talks about mm-hmm. kind of four stages where there's there's kind of two two elements to it it's our competence and our and our conscious or unconsciousness and so Mm. you start at level one where you're unconsciously incompetent which (laughs) means you're completely unaware that you're not good at something (laughs) but but you don't know it right and so something happens kind of that ouch moment that's like oh i need to change that gets us to to be consciously incompetent so now i know it's i'm aware of it but I'm I'm still bad at it, and, I, and there's a there's it's a long way. Then we yeah. move to kind of stage three, where we're it's really conscious, effort filled work, and it takes work, you know, so that daily practice um, mm-hmm. to to move through the this change to become consciously competent, mm-hmm. right? And, and then eventually we're kind of build, I mean, building our mindsets and and our changes. We're actually firing our neurons and building our mental muscles over time. So it becomes a yeah. part of who we are and our natural way of being. Yeah. And so we can eventually get to that unconsciously competent, right? So it becomes, yeah. you know, the, the more natural reaction yeah. for us, instead of having to to really consciously think about this is how I, how I act. Right. Yeah. And and we can, you can think about examples of us moving through that process in so many ways from like learning to drive right mm-hmm. we didn't know how to do it but i didn't know that driving was a thing too oh i'm yeah. getting close to getting my driver's license then i start driving and that's really mm-hmm. consciously incompetent to consciously competent cuz you're practicing mm-hmm. but you're thinking about everything and eventually a lot of the things become natural we just recognize things things kind of slow down for us yes because we have that experience over time we've we've put in the reps right and yeah. but but you know that's a really simple example mm-hmm. but we can see that in any trait or or shift that we're trying to make personally mm-hmm. we need to move through that process there yes definitely
1: and i would say it definitely takes longer than you think it's going to take
0: <laughs> yeah but also we can often make progress faster than we think we're going to make too sure. right sure. by committing to the process and and i think the biggest leap is that awareness leap because mm-hmm. w- with no awareness if no one's sharing that with us or whatever that catalyst moment is yes. then we're 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 not making any progress because we don't even know yes so we need to, to uncover those blind spots because we don't a lot of times it's almost like we say and, and it's not just the blind spots of what needs to change sometimes it's the blind spots of what's underneath that's keeping us from actually changing because maybe we're putting band-aids and kind of prescribing behaviors, but Mm. really there's beliefs and assumptions and mindsets that are underneath that are holding us back. And we don't even know what those are. Right. So it's sort of like saying, Hey, I want to make this change. One foot's on the gas pedal, but we have internal things that we're not aware of that Mm. are like hidden commitments that are putting the foot on the brake at the same time yes. and are not making any progress. Yeah. Right. Wow. So there are processes and some of the tools that I use with with my clients to uncover what those are. Yeah. Because kind of like doing an X-ray, so we can like look, yeah. hey, what's inside? What's actually going on? Yeah. Instead of just prescribing something and not knowing the root cause of
1: mm-hmm. what. Oh, man, that's that's really good. Talking from. The unconsciously, unconsciously incompetent to the unconsciously competent, and right. all those, all those steps so that that is so remarkable, and all the stuff that you do. And but that's why coaching is so important because you there's only so much you can do by yourself, and coaching just accelerates it as far as having someone unlock the potential within you.
0: Right. Yeah. And so it's it, it's so fun. I like to. I mean, it really is an honor when I get to work with people. I like to say I'm on. I get a front row seat to seeing other people succeed and change and mm-hmm. grow, and and it's an honor when people share some really personal uh, changes with me and some of the the challenges, but also the opportunities and successes. And I and I love seeing that with people.
1: That's amazing. Well, we are about out of time. It really flew by, but I want to make sure: is there anything? that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about or any uh, words of wisdom you want to share before we close things out?
0: Yeah, my my final thing to kind of go back to the, the clarity idea that we we're talking about is to, mm. to live with intention, mm. right? One of my favorite books that I would recommend, and there's a Harvard Business Review article that people can look at too is by Clayton Christensen. He's probably best known as the, the someone who came up with the um, the theory of Disruption. He wrote the innovators' dilemma book, but he but oh. he wrote another book towards the end of his life. He passed away Jeez. a few years ago called "How Will You Measure Your Life?" Oh, wow, right? Yeah. And that's a really interesting operating question to say, yeah, you know what are the things that that are so important to you? Uh, do you know that? Can you live with intention? And, and he applies a bunch of cool like business theories to how to, to our personal lives and, and how we operate appropriately. But so so I'd recommend doing that. But but even just spend some time thinking about that, like, what is success to you? Mm-hmm. Not just at your workplace, or or whatever, but but in your life, and, and are you living congruent and in alignment with that? Mm. And if not, you know what what changes need to be made but a lot of people don't even take the time to figure out what those things are that they care about and so and, and mm. so and there may not be a better question that you can answer than what do i want to what's the impact i want to leave what you know what do i feel like my purpose in life is mm. right and and then being able to to operate accordingly so I, I'd highly recommend people to to check out that book, but, but, or at least just spend some, some time with that. And uh, certainly if people want to connect with me, I, I'd love to chat with them. And, and, and I love, and I find that a lot of people need some extra help to guide them through because mm. if you're trying to do this alone, it's really hard. Yeah. And so I love to walk alongside people and, and be that guide so that they can be the hero in their own story and um, so, so people want to connect with me, they can find me on LinkedIn. Again, we, we had that uh, link. We set up a uh, www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash and Paul, or go check out my main website at more than Awesome.
1: That, that, that is, that's so cool that I need, I'm going to check out that book. I'm going to put a link to it to at least to the, the title of it. So that people can check that out as well as the link to your website, more than and uh, it was the Engineering Accelerator. Is that what yeah, was
0: Engineering it? Career Accelerator, yeah.
1: EngineeringCareerAccelerator.com slash incredible. So I'll put all those links, put a link to your LinkedIn profile too. If you don't mind that, people yeah, uh, can could, could, could find you there as well. Uh, Jeff, it has been an honor having you on the podcast for when we first connected on LinkedIn and you helped with my nonprofit. I, I already mentioned that. It is clear that you have a passion for helping people and all, all the different posts and videos you put out on LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, first step, if you're trying to improve your career, you got to be on LinkedIn. Uh, but definitely connect to, with, with Jeff on there. He posts a lot of amazing content on leadership, on career growth, and those two areas that he helps with, as well as if you need help, trying to find clarity in your career as an engineer, definitely connect with Jeff as well. And I know I, I learned a lot from from this discussion. it's It's just been it's super great have you on the podcast. And for all of those of you listening or watching, if you're not watching, you should be watching last time, I' mentioned that. But I hope you enjoyed this conversation with with Jeff and keep being incredible. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul podcast with Paul Ferranby. We hope you enjoyed be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here
0: next time. And be incredible.